Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm, uh, I'm all right. Seven weeks to the start of fall camp. Of course, this podcast, like all Locked On podcasts, is brought to you by Built Bar. It's also brought to you by uh, Rock Auto. Uh, that's a new sponsor, and we appreciate Rock Auto being on with us. But, Jimmy, uh, I'm as giddy as a schoolgirl right now. A couple of big things happened at the University of Alabama this past week, number one being that um, Christian Leary, a wide receiver that you and I coveted, committed to Alabama somewhat surprisingly. I mean, we thought he was going to commit to Alabama, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he postponed it, and we thought that looked uh, bleak, that it maybe looked very good for Auburn. Instead, just sort of out of the blue, he says, I'm, I'm going to Alabama. He had been tweeting things like, I'm going to pray on it and just commit when I'm ready to commit. And um, he commits to Alabama. And is, if you enjoy watching fast football players, you will love his highlight reel. He can run. He can run. He is real fast. All these kids are pretty fast, but he is, he is really fast. I mean, he's when you use – when you're comparing speed and you use people like Henry Ruggs and Jalen Waddle in the comparison, you're saying he is fast. And yet he is that fast. Now, again, uh, I mean, you got to be a football player in the SEC. Being fast isn't enough. Uh, you have to be a really skilled football player to, to do things like go in the first round like Henry Ruggs did. Uh, heck, Ruggs was the first receiver taken in the draft, wasn't he? I mean, wasn't Ruggs the first guy? Uh, he went before yeah. C.D. Lamb and 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 Jerry Judy. So, uh, and it's and it's because a Rugs is fast and b he's he's very skilled as a player. And uh, hopefully, we'll see that at Christian. You know, I've watched his tape several times. I think a lot of people have now seen his tape since he committed to Alabama. The speed's obvious. You don't have to be Forrest Davis to watch his tape and go, "Wow, he's really fast." Hell, yes, he's fast. Uh, there, there's no doubt that that's true. But when you do watch, uh, when you watch that tape, one thing that's a little, one thing that's apparent to me when you watch the tape is you don't see some things on there. His coach says he's a good tackle breaker. You don't see a lot on there because those high school kids can't catch him. You don't see a lot of difficult catches because he's so open because of the speed. You don't see him making the circus catch. You don't see him high pointing the ball. You don't see him making tight window catches. Uh, you don't see him blocking. You know, all these things that you you need to do to be a well-rounded receiver, a lot of that's not on the tape. And it's not because he can't do those things. We just don't know because his entire high school tape is just nothing but, you know, he gets the ball and then he runs away from people. And and while he will separate from college players, he he obviously won't be able to to, to leave them all in the dust like, a, like you know, the Roadrunner does in, in Bugs Bunny cartoons. So uh, we'll see. And uh, I'm highly optimistic he's good. Um, I was super high on rugs coming out of high school. I would say uh, I'm not quite as high on Christian Leary as I was on rugs, but I mean, the differences are slight. I'm not saying rugs is an A and, and Leary's a B. I'm saying that, you know, rugs is an A and Leary's an A minus, you know, and a little bit bigger. And we did see a little more skill on his, uh, on his high school tape. And I love the fact that rugs was a high school basketball player a star player that tells you that he has really good ball skills. 
Yeah, I mean, if you ever wanted to question about whether or not Ruggs can high point the ball, all you'd have to do is watch 10 seconds of a basketball highlight reel and go, exactly. he can high point anything. I mean, there's there's nothing he cannot high point. So, um, but, and you're right, it, it's Christian Leary's tape, while super impressive, and you and I are incredibly high on the kid. I mean, we love it. But you're Absolutely. right in that he's, he's so fast. Um, it's kind of like watching Derrick Henry's tape. Derrick Henry was so much bigger than everybody he played against that it, you kind of discounted, okay, may, or, or Sean Alexander for that matter. You kind of discounted, okay, maybe he's not quite that good. Maybe it's the competition. But, um, you know, those two guys turned out to be pretty dead gum good. And, uh, you, you, but it is when it comes to breaking tackles or high pointing a ball, it's kind of like, um, you know, is your brother-in-law a good tipper? Shit, I don't know. I've never seen him do it, so I, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, I don't. Do I even have a brother-in-law? Yeah, I do have a brother-in-law. I, I got a, I got a half brother-in-law, and he is a good tipper, so I won't say that. Um, it, it's a, look, when your family gets kind of convoluted and like you get a few divorces mixed in, it doesn't take long for you to remember. Am I still cousins with that guy? <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, anywho, uh, Christian Leary, he, he moved up a couple of spots in the uh, 24-7 rankings. I think he's like the number 120 player in the country, something like that. And I, my guess is he's going to end up being in the top 50 when all said and done. Call it a Bama bump if you want to. That's fine. I don't care. I mean, the here's what so you and I have said this more times than we like to count. But the thing about a Bama bump is – you get the bump because you're committed to Bama. That's true. But it's also warranted. If Alabama is signing <laughs> you, if they want to sign you, that means you're pretty damn good. Um, I mean, you're not going to get a Bowling Green bump. Shit's just not going to happen. Can anyone look at the on-the-field results since Nick Saban's been there and say that Alabama's recruiting has been overrated? I mean, to, to all the people that always talk about Bama bump, I mean, is that what they're saying, that – our kids aren't as good. They're, they're all rated higher than they should be. How can you say that on the field results? So like you said, perfect, like you just perfectly said it. Yeah, there's a Bama bump and it is real, but, but it's warranted. We, you know, we just ran it about a week ago about the Texas bump. There's a Texas bump too. Guess what? It's a hundred percent unwarranted. <laughs> Their players over the last decade have just not been as good as advertised. Alabama's are, you know, so well, uh, well, I also yeah, say this, Jimmy. I, I'd also say this that see, it, you can get the good classes, but it and I, I feel like a broken record here. It's like if you, if Julia Child and I are in the same kitchen, and you give us each the same ingredients with the same oven, her carrot cake is going to knock your damn socks off. Mine's going to take like rotten ass. Because I don't know what I'm doing, and and I'm, but so the, that's my point. Is if the the kids are the ingredients, and the the chefs are the coaches, if you have a shit coach, then it doesn't matter right. how good your players are. So I mean, it's it's kind of unfair to right. do it either way. I mean, conversely, you can have mediocre players and an incredible coach. And you can get he can get more out of it. I mean, it's sort of like when uh, you know you hear some somebody's you know grew up so poor that all they do is give their mama you know 
some fat back and collard greens. Next thing you know, you've got somehow you got lasagna, and it's unbelievable. You don't understand how it works, but it did. And um, it, it's you know if you have a good coach, he can make some mediocre players. See, if you have the combination of an incredible coach, the best coach of all time, arguably, with some of the best recruiting classes of all time, yeah, you're going to whip ass. You're going to do things like you tweeted they out are. the other day, lose 15 games in about 10 years or 11 years or whatever it is. I mean, something ridiculous. It is. I've ordered it. Boy, that tweet's really gotten around. It's made me worried that I need to recheck my math because my math is so bad. But all I really did was – I went to a 24-7 story, and I saw what Alabama's record was for the last 10 years, and I'm like, well, 11 years ago, we went undefeated, so I'm just going to add 14-0 and 0 on top of that number, and that's what I came up with, <laughs> with the one loss thing. I just added 14-0, and 0, which is what we did in, in, in 2009, tweeted that out, and uh, it's got like 2,000 likes, because it is a, a pretty incredible. Number. It, but but it's also it this, it, like what you said, I mean, I, I don't disagree with any of that. I would just say that, you know, the current coach at Texas, Tom Herman, it, it doesn't look right now like Tom Herman is going to prove to be one of the all-time greats. I mean, right now, right now you'd have to say that maybe Tom Herman's not going to be Nick Saban or a Dabo Sweeney. You know, I think that's fair. But I, I doubt he's just totally incompetent. You know what I mean? It, 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 I, I don't think Tom Herman – is a moron. Now he's not Saban. He's not Dabo. I don't, I, it doesn't look like he's going to be that kind of coach, but I, I, I think it's more, to be honest, Matt, I probably spend a whole hour on this and, and end up wrong, but this is kind of the way I look at those recruiting rankings. And it sounds like I'm complaining about them when I think largely 24 seven and rivals, I think they do an incredible job on, on rank. I think that, I, I think they really do a good job. I, I give them an A plus in, and how they handle it now. But I think this is what happens. A state like Mississippi, even though there's a lot of interest, I, I followed Mississippi recruiting my whole life. I don't think they do a really good job over there of identifying the best players and ranking them correctly because there's not a lot of people in Mississippi who devote their careers to that. I think there's a lot of writers that cover Mississippi State and Ole Miss, but they don't cover – the state uh, and the state of Mississippi is kind of weird. It's almost like multiple states because the Gulf Coast of Mississippi is nothing like Northwest Mississippi Delta, which is nothing like Tunica, which is nothing like Jackson. I mean, Mississippi feels like several disparate states where Southern Mississippi is sort of Louisiana and Northwestern Mississippi is Arkansas and Northeastern Mississippi is Tennessee. And th then you do have Jackson, which is a little like Birmingham-ish, a little like Mobile-ish. But it's just a weird state. But my point is, I don't think they do a good job of ranking players there. And there ends up being Mississippi kids that end up being really good uh, all over the place. And, and you weren't too familiar with them in recruiting because they just weren't covered well. On Conversely, you have Texas. There's 10 of the biggest recruiting experts in the country. They're all from Texas. Texas High school football is what generated their interest in recruiting. It's a massive state, and there's multiple people there. It's a huge state. Three of the ten biggest country cities in the United States are in Texas. So there's a billion kids to cover. We're covering Texas high school football recruiting is an industry in and of itself. Conversely, I think a lot of their kids end up overrated. I, th I think because of the massive interest in all of these guys that do all of the evaluating and ranking over there, those Texas kids can end up a little overrated, particularly the best kids.
because that's who Texas signs. Texas isn't signing the number 80 and 88 and 94 and 110th best player in Texas. They're signing the top 30 players in Texas. And ends up, I don't know, over the last decade, those kids just haven't ended up with the careers that you would think they would have. Maybe, for instance, that's why the Brockermeyers are likely to end up at Alabama. I, I, I don't know. It's just a strange situation to me. Uh, even Texas A&M, Luke, I would say their recruiting rankings have been high over the years, and then they're not exactly a, a, you know somebody you hear a lot from on NFL draft day. You know, or certainly not like the Alabamas and the LSUs and the Ohio States, but their recruiting rankings were good even before Jimbo Fisher was there. So I don't know. Texas is just a strange anomaly to me right now. I'll tell you what's not a strange anomaly, and that's Rock Auto. You can go check out Rock Auto, R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O.com. All the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. You know the jingle. You've seen the little cartoon commercial where the, the guy walks into the warehouse and he says, hey, I need a or a parts store, random parts store. says, hey, I need a, you know, I don't know car parts. I need a chassis for a 69 Chevrolet. <laughs> and the guy said, I'm calling that the what warehouse. They He's like, oh, God. I, I, I'm not really sure what a chassis is. I'm going to be honest with you. But um, if you yeah, want a chassis for a 69 Chevrolet something or another, uh, you go to Rock Auto. They'll have it. They've got whatever parts you need at Rock Auto. All the parts your car will ever need. That's their motto. That's what they do. They, they have nothing but car parts. Go check them out. R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O dot com. Rock Auto. All the parts your car will ever need. And we all need cars. Jimmy. That's a good business. We all need cars. You, Everyone listening to this podcast has a car in their life so this is a this that's an important important people to know right there yeah they're good folks great people uh so jimmy uh we were talking about losses by alabama and i think you came up with and i, I mean I'm, I'm driving right now people can probably hear the my me in the car like that's just my life i'm going to pick up some more of my kids i just that's what i do every weekend now some random weekend i'm always headed to some other state to pick up children I have somewhere. Um, that's just my life. But uh, anyway, we were, we think it's 15 losses in the last 11 years. And I said, I tweeted that I think it was eight of those losses were to teams with Tiger mascots. I actually think it's nine. We lost to Clemson twice. We've lost to, um, we've lost to LSU three times. One time, in, in, if you want to include, well, if you're going back that far, I guess you got to include 2010 you got to include 2011, and then, of course, last year. And then uh, three times – or four times to Auburn, right? So right. Uh, four times, to, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, so that's that's nine times of those 15 have been to teams that's incredible. that have Tigers for mascot. And here – so I guess really quickly, let's try and name the other ones. South Carolina, Oklahoma, um, Ole Miss. Mississippi twice. 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 Uh, Texas A&M. Ohio State. Ohio State. A&M and, and Texas 12. A&M. Yeah, isn't that – that's kind of nutty. Right? That's not all of them, though. Who else am I missing? It's crazy that we can go back that many years and name the that losses so quickly. Yeah, that 15. is all of them. That's all of them. 
And it is 15 oh losses. I, I was just ca counting up in my head that it's only been 15 losses in 11 years of football. <laughs> 11 um, seasons, you lose 15 games. We mentioned Ohio State in that group, and you want to talk about something yep. else that's made me quite giddy, and that's Alabama and Ohio State have scheduled a home-and-home -home series. And in, in 2027, I think it is, is when right. it starts. And that year, um, it actually may be 2028 that I'm thinking of. Whatever it is, one of those two years, Alabama's at Notre Dame and then at home against Ohio State. That is so reminiscent to me of 1986. That year we played Penn State, Notre Dame, and Ohio State all in the same year. That's ridiculous. And that was before we were as good as we are right now, just to be completely fair. I mean, I think everybody realizes that. I mean, we're, we're, we're better equipped to handle it now. Uh, that was a lot. Um, that team gosh, did have some uh, – that, that team had some dudes on it, though, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we were good. We had – I mean, the Stars – I think that's really where Saban's team's been so different than the other good Alabama teams. Even those 86 team, you know, like freaking, I don't know, Cornelius Bennett, Derek Thomas, Bobby Humphrey. We had some of the best players in the history of the program on that team, but there was, you know, six or eight of them, you know, and not a great quarterback. There was like six or eight. Now there's 40, you know. Uh, now we got guys that don't get on the field that would have been big-time players on those teams, you know. So, but the best player, uh, that, that play for Alabama every year are always really good, no matter if the team is great or not. And those 86 teams a good example because the, the real stars of the 86 team were freaking badasses. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and Derek Thomas really wasn't Derek Thomas then either. And he very famously right? had two pass interference calls at the end of that Ohio State game. Uh, we did go two, uh, two of three in that that. Yeah, I think uh, they, beat, uh, they beat Ohio State and Penn State and lost to Notre Dame. Yeah, right. I'll tell you, no, they, no, they beat at Notre Dame in Birmingham. Uh, Greg okay. Richardson had a big punt return for a touchdown. Uh, that was Cornelius Bennett, uh, the, uh, the sack. sack. I couldn't remember uh, if that was 86 or 87. Uh, 87, Cornelius Bennett wasn't on the team anymore. Um, actually, was Cornelius Bennett on, in, on the team in 86? Am I missing – am I screwing this up? I thought we played the Cornelius Bennett played for Alabama in 83, 4, 5, and 6. That's true. Okay. Then I think he Cornelius did. Bennett okay, was 83, so 84, 85, 86. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it was 86 that the sack happened. I thought I was right about that. Um, and I could, you know what's weird? This is, this is how much football means to Alabama people. Um, for the 1986 kickoff classic against Ohio State, my parents went. And um, I was at a friend's house and we watched it. Um, I was about 13 at the time, uh, plus or minus. I, I, yeah, I was 13, I guess. And then for the Notre Dame game in Birmingham, I happened to be just in, in Austin, Texas, because we had some relatives out there, and I watched it. I remember being just ecstatic then. And then I was, of course, lucky old me, I got to go to the Penn State beatdown they put on us. So they beat us like 23-3 or, or something like that. Um, they just waxed our ass, and we could not stop DJ Dozier that day. Um that was a kind that was fast kicking, but um, yeah, I got to go to to that one. But uh, you know, it's just weird that you can remember all that. I also, remember the kickoff classic. Uh, my parents went to New, New Jersey to see it, and when they came home, they brought us a surprise. You know, being on the trip, when they went with some other friends that have some kids about my age, they brought all of us laser tag. We had never even heard of it, and um, 
laser tag had not made its way to Alabama yet, apparently. And uh, we had so much fun playing that shit. It was awesome. I bet. You're talking about that kickoff classic with Ohio State, right? Yeah, that was 86 and, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I actually watched but, that um, game. I actually watched that game at the uh, – I was very young. <laughs> but I watched that game. Uh, we had a star player on the team. Is a star, captain. Uh, I don't know if he's a captain that year or the next year, but outside linebacker Randy Rockwell uh, was uh, starting at outside linebacker or playing a lot on the field anyway. Randy played a lot more, was eventually a captain. Yep. Uh, his girlfriend at the time uh, lived directly across the street from me, and uh, I was really good friends with her little brother. And uh, so we watched that at basically what would become Randy Rockwell's in-law's house, like – which is directly across the street from mine. I mean, my front door looks at their front door, just directly across the street from my, the house where we grew up. So uh, I sort of watched that game with the, uh, with the Rockwell in-laws and, uh, you know, and everybody cheered, everybody cheers at the games. You know, when you, when you're watching, even on TV, everybody cheers, but man, when it's your, uh, when it's your future son-in-law on that national TV broadcast, there's, there's a little bit more of an urgency and louder yells. So it's a really cool memory uh, for me because, uh, Obviously, uh, that uh, that household took uh, Randy's performance uh, very, very seriously, and uh, Randy was a great player, old number fifty-seven. Yeah, he was. He was a super player. Um, but back to the the scheduling. Now, I mean, nobody can ever say shit about Alabama scheduling at this point. At least not until probably thirty. I mean, twenty thirty-two or twenty thirty-five or some shit like that, because um, it's pretty amazing what we have lined up. I mean, next year, arguably next year is the weakest of all that we have coming up, maybe with the exception of Arizona later on, maybe in the late uh, 2020s and early 2030s. Uh, But Miami next year, I mean, they, they might be okay. Yeah, they might be better. They could be, they could be pretty good. They always have players. They have two. I mean, people don't think of them as good because they didn't have a good year and they got the new coach. But my, how about this? This is what Alabama doesn't. What Alabama doesn't have, Miami does. Their two outside pass rushers are going to be first round picks next April. So they got two first round picks. We're not even sure who our guys are going to be. They might be freshmen. But uh, Miami. Well, that's good. They'll be is, gone. Is, yeah, they will be gone. They will be gone. But yeah, so. I'm just using an example of Miami's going to have a handful of dudes now, even if the team isn't, you know, what they used to be. So, and then we'll see what they are at quarterback because, you know, this year they'll have De'Ara King, uh, who's a senior. uh, So they'll have a new, a new starting quarterback in 2021. Um, We'll see who that ends up being. All right. So Jimmy, one other thing I want to talk about as we uh, reach the final segment of the show today um, and, and it's, it's tough. I mean, it's tough to even have an opinion right now because you want, you need to let some of these things marinate a little bit because if you speak out of turn on some subjects that are out there right now, you can really get yourself in a bind. Um, and that's the gator bait chomp tear, whatever that apparently is going the way of the dodo. Um, Frankly, I, when this came, this news came across yesterday as I was ironically doing, co-hosting a show called Auburn Blitz. I, our team over at Sports Blitz, they have another show called Auburn Blitz, and every night again, um, they need me to step in for somebody, and I did. 
and if the show was going on, that news hit the wire that there'll no longer be the Gator Bait cheer. And I, I, I mean, it just didn't, I didn't understand. Um, I read a little up about it, and to be quite frank, I'm, I'm still not sure that it's the thing to do. I think it's a complete knee-jerk reaction, um, but I'm trying to be patient. I'm, try, I'm not upset about it because I'm not a Florida fan. But what, I, what I'm worried about is, okay, if, if we're going to go down this path and we're going to reach this far back and we're going to do things like, you know, ask Mike Gundy to apologize for something in 1989 that um, only a few people uh, were able to hear and who knows if, if they really heard it, who knows if, you know, my memory changes minute to minute. I mean, there's no telling. I dang sure could remember something from 89. Um, loose tie-ins to some – Racial, racial, some evil things. Don't get me wrong; those things appeared to be very evil. Um, but even the president, whose name—I won't even say his name because I'm scared to say it. His name is spelled F-U-C-H-S, and it, that's why at first I thought it was a joke. I was like, "They're, they're <laughs> not, I said mayor, the president. The president's name is F-U-C-K, no F-U-C-H-S." And I was like, "I can't say that on air. I don't know how you say that, but I know how I'm supposed to say it, and I'm not going to say it that way." Um, even he said, look, I, we can't find any history that ties this cheer with what we think it might imply, but we're still getting rid of it. And so what is the next thing that Auburn's not going to be able to say War Eagle? But there, there's a professor on Auburn's campus right now who made a push for, hey, let's quit saying War Eagle. Let's just quit using the term war. And then what's after that? Is it no more Dixieland delight for Alabama, which – you know, doesn't really bother me too terribly much, but it is kind of cool. And, you know, how far do you take, how far down this rabbit hole do you go? Um, I, my personal opinion is when you take, when you take on a cause like removing the, the gator chomp cheer, which I don't believe, I would say a minuscule, if 0% of the population ever thought of it in terms of using young black children as actual gator bait in the late 1800s I, i'd be willing i'd never heard of that before and it's yeah. awful if that ever took place it's horrific but if if that if we're going to start doing all those things um that, that what i was saying was excuse me i, I lost track because i'm driving but my point is if you um <laughs> it's, it's hard to do it's hard to weave in and out of traffic and, and have a salient point here um <laughs> but i think it cheapens it cheapens the real issues when you take on something yeah. like a cheer that nobody knew was racist, but you just this day said it's racist and you're not a hundred percent sure of it, but just in case you're getting rid of it. Um, and it cheapens the real movements, the real change that needs, that is very real. Some of the systemic racism that is very real that need, and some of the changes that need to take place. That's what worries me about it. Exactly. Um, I, I hope it doesn't distract from what, what what the real real issue is that that that, that kicked all this off. And I, I would just urge everyone: can, can we work on solving that before we move on to a thousand other small things? I mean, have we made any? Pro, I mean, in, you know, other minority citizens have been killed by police since this started. So we haven't we haven't exactly solved what absolutely needs to be solved or fixed or, or addressed uh, in a meaningful way. 
uh, and, and Florida stopping a chant that I would assume, I'm, I'm assuming, which is really stupid to do, but I'm assuming that most uh, most African Americans in 2020 probably didn't know that 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 may have had racial overtones. I'm assuming that, but I, I'm just saying I, I wanna I wanna continue to try to fix the systemic racism issue and and police brutality and in other ways. Don't, I, I don't really have an opinion about Gator bait either. And uh, you know I saw the same thing you did, Luke, about. The, 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 apparently this really is a real thing. And I didn't know that until yesterday. And, and that's just my own, my, my own shortcomings for not knowing the entire history of everything. But I didn't, I didn't know it was when I first heard it, my reaction was the same as yours. Like what, what, what are we doing now? But, but instead of just assuming the world is crazy, I, I do think we ought to research things like that and look into it and see if there really is something there. And apparently there is something there. And if that cheer is hurting feelings of, citizens of Florida and students at the University of Florida and players at the University of Florida, then they need to stop it. But that said, uh, just, just my, my, final, uh, my final point that, that I think is innocuous, or, or I certainly look at it that way, I think one of the lessons here from Black Lives Matter and the Black Lives Matter movement is that maybe we should all stop having an opinions for a while, and maybe we should listen, you know, listen to to, to the complaints. Let's listen to the complaints and look into them. And I think with Gator Bait is a good example of, of listening of what I hope at the University of Alabama, which is always a lightning rod when it comes to these issues. And I'm so happy we have somebody like Nick Saban and Stuart Bell and Greg Byrne in charge who are such smart men, smart good men. Uh, what we need to do is listen. I, I think getting the Black Lives Matter leaders in at Alabama, in Tuscaloosa, on the university campus, and maybe some African American professors, and and our leadership needs to put them in a room and ask them, ask them, is what what hurts your what is there anything on this campus that that you feel excludes you, or that you don't feel is inclusive? What we shouldn't tell them what hurts their feelings and what doesn't. We should ask them. And then no, that's a, take that's take a what they point. say seriously. Ask them. Ask yeah, that, them what we we want to fix whatever because we don't want to exclude any any global citizen, any citizen of the U.S., any citizen of Alabama. Everyone should be made to feel a hundred percent welcome. So, what hurts your feelings? And we're gonna address. We're gonna address it. We're gonna address it. You tell us, and not to say that if you know if, if there if you know if some guy in the room because you know everybody's subjected to having wild opinions. If some guy in the room says, uh, "Well, Denny Chimes is shaped like a sword, and 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 some of my ancestors were killed by swords," I mean, you know, but no one's gonna say that. I trust people. I trust people more than that. No one's gonna say that. But hey, if there's if uh, black uh, students at Alabama say. There are some names on some buildings here of 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 you know well-known documented racists or people that were in the Ku Klux Klan and you named a building after them. We need to listen. We need to listen when it comes to stuff like that. Okay, I'm I'm but, on board with that 100%. Now, here here's a couple of things. First of all, the the reaction knee-jerk reaction about. Uh, rem- Removing the gator bait cheer right. 
seems a lot like to me there was a great Simpsons episode, as there always was, about somebody introducing legislation legislation about um, doing something that seemed incredibly obvious, like, you know, we're going to make murder illegal 100 percent, introducing that as a bill. And then somebody said, you know, I want to tag a rider onto that bill. I want to make the speed limit 172 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, because you have tacked this dumbass rider onto the bill, the whole thing looks stupid and won't go through. So my point is that the Black Lives Matter movement is is a real positive thing. Don't tack on something that is so minuscule right now that it dilutes what the actual purpose is. Now, having said that, I should also admit I'm a white middle-aged dude, so maybe I'm not the best person to talk about that. However, however, I'm going to say that uh, when uh, if if it was so offensive, tell me how on a gazillion. I use the term gazillion too many times in this podcast, by the way, of a lot of examples of thousands of African-American kids that have gone through the University of Florida and nobody's ever said anything to my knowledge. And I was to my knowledge. Nobody's ever said anything. And not only that, how many times, what is one of the more famous moments in Mark Ingram's time at Alabama when we were beating Florida's ass in 2009 and he was shown very famously doing the gator chomp like nobody's business. And I'm not saying that Mark did it in the face of racism. I'm saying he didn't know. We didn't didn't know. know. We all did it. We we had no idea. And because we had no idea, I think it's okay to say, you know what? The statute of limitations has passed on this a little bit because the, frankly, the idea of using any human being, no matter creed, color, whatever, as gator bait is inherently evil and disgusting. And we would all say it's so silly that it's okay to say you're gator bait because nobody would ever actually do it. Now, somebody, apparently, some people did it back in the late 1800s. But back in the late 1800s, I think we all agree there was some real stupid shit going on that right now we're like, what is wrong with those people? But it, it, at, in that moment, they didn't know better. Well, and um, I'm well, not they probably knew. They them. probably knew better. They probably knew better than, than to throw kids into the Everglades. They probably knew that was wrong. I would hope. But you're right. I mean, I, I don't. Think... I think they were that out of touch. I think they were that out of touch. That's only <laughs> you. You have no moral compass. If you did know better, you have zero moral compass. If you did know better and you did it. I think they just didn't know, and they were they were that nutty back then. Shit was crazy in the late 1800s, man. <laughs> well, there was no football, or no real football, no televised football. <laughs> See, tele- there was no televised football. There was no That's televised true. football. We'll have that. We'll have that soon. And uh, no, I, I'm just happy that there's. I'm not. I, I don't like it. Again, I don't really have a real opinion about that. I, what I'm going to be choose to be happy about is maybe uh, having an increased sensitivity to all True. that we do is a good idea and, 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 and a stop and pause and listen. That's what I was stop, pause and listen. And, and I, uh, I can't speak for everyone, of course, but I don't want any 
African-American student or professor or, 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 or a citizen of Tuscaloosa of any, of any color uncomfortable with, with, with something that, that the university has done or a building they named somebody after or things we do or even cheers. But you know, when they come for Dixieland Delight, I'll be reminding people that when we bought Dixieland Delight, it was a lot of our American players demanding it on Twitter. <laughs> so That's so very let's, not, let's not act like, like everyone was offended, you know, if they find that, that to be offended about. But again, I, I want to listen. The last thing I want to do uh, is tell other people how they should feel because I certainly wouldn't like to be told how I should feel about something. I'm going to feel about something the same hey, way. I don't want to be, I don't want to be told, Hey, don't feel that way hey, about that thing. You know? And Jimmy, Jimmy. And I think that's kind of the point here too. You know, this, this, they removed the, or decried the, 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 the cheers so quickly that nobody knew that this was even potentially coming. It was just sort of a news dump at noon <laughs> on a Thursday that, hey, we're doing this. You know why? Because it's racist. Oh, you think it's racist? Well, not really. We're not sure, but we're just getting We're not sure. And, <laughs> we're, and see, we didn't mean it to be. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were, you're talking about having to marinate and think some things over. See, this is one of those things where I think anybody could have a legit discussion and say, Okay, at first, it, se- it sounds incredibly dumb to get rid of a cheer that is gator bait. Oh, wait a minute. There is a history behind this thing? Okay, let's hear, let's hear what's going on. Okay, I, I, think, yeah. that, I think that what you, you do is invite some of your African-American players, and you say, guys, what do you all think about this? Because as a white guy, I think I'm supposed to be offended for you, but I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of not offended because it doesn't seem like – I never knew this was true. And if the and if the African American players say, you know what, we didn't know it either. And frankly, even though now that we know it, it doesn't bother us because we know that the idea of this is so outlandish that we get it. It's sort of like saying roll tide. There's not an actual tide that's coming in. It's just something we say. And um, or or war eagle. If you don't think an oh, eagle is actually going to war, you think that uh, you know you're, it's just a, a your personal battle cry. And um, I think that maybe let them decide. I don't think it's up yeah. to Dr. Fuchs. <laughs> well, I, I, can't, I, I can't say it. You, said it. Say you, it. you probably it. said it. Let's assume you said it right. Let's assume you said it right. <laughs> I feel like Dr. Then, Fuchs went overboard. But you know what? If anybody's going to go well, overboard, yeah. I think it's going to be Dr. Fuchs. I think your original point about how let's not get far away from from what the, the, the meaning behind all the protests, you know, the whole nation wasn't protesting uh, Florida's, uh, you know, uh, gator bait cheer. We know what we were protesting, and that that needs to be addressed. Uh, period. And and the only my last comment about it, and, and you know, I didn't even know that I really had a comment. I've ended up with about fifteen, but I I hope that Florida isn't going to do things like let's get rid of gator bait because that that's racially insensitive. Meanwhile, they have a monument on their campus named for some clan leader. <laughs> you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I mean, let, let's let's address the real problems first, and and then and then go after all the little stuff that that you know that. But at the same time, we need to include the opinions, of course, of uh, of those whose whose feelings are actually hurt. Again, I've got. I've got feelings about just about anything, but I wouldn't like it if somebody of any color told me 
hey, your feeling, the feeling you feel when you look at that is wrong. Well, that's not a nice thing to say to anybody, is it? You know? Here, here's the irony to me. You know, if you're, let's just throw out a name. I know he wasn't drafted by this team, but let's say LaMichael Piron, because that's really the only Florida guy I can think of that got drafted last year right now. LaMichael Piron, he's, he's at Florida. Everybody's doing the Gator bait cheer. Everybody's doing the Gator chomp all the time. Everybody's Gator this, Gator that, your Gator meat, Gator bait, everything. That's so racist that it's lapped back over into people don't know it's racist anymore, and so it's kind of lost its punch. Yet, and he's not getting paid to play. Then he gets drafted by the freaking Washington Redskins. They literally are a named after a racial slur, and we're getting rid of Gator bait on the college side, and we can't get rid of Redskins. On the pro side, that's well, that's kind of in that kind of is so. It's, it's over the top crazy. I mean, it's, to me. it's over the top crazy to me. It always has been. And by the way, I mean, my favorite baseball team is, is named the Braves, and and I don't, I don't I don't think they should, you know, personally, you know, don't think they should change their name. Though I'm open, I'm open to listening to Native Americans as to why they should. I'm open to listening to that, and and but I, I'm just saying that Redskins. I mean. Come on, people. I mean, I know it's, it's it, there, there's it, it. I mean, that that's a good point. It's the point we're making entirely here is there probably are bigger issues than that than that cheer. But if that cheer was hurting feelings, it, it, you know, then then fine. Fine. I mean, do we do you really have to do that cheer? Are people really going to get that that upset? I mean, I know, you know, for a while we stopped doing our rammer jammer cheer because there's a couple of bad words in it. And no, we didn't really stop. I mean, the band stopped playing it, and well, I think that's what's going to happen. Here's the other thing that's funny, yeah. and Jimmy, we've only got like two minutes left, but i got to throw this out there. At LSU, they do a cheer that says that the band plays something, and then they say, suck that tiger bleak. Like everybody in the stadium says it, and nobody stops them, ever. <laughs> that's okay, but the gator bait is not okay. I mean, it's kind of – it's just – it's gotten so – and we clearly do our F Auburn and F Tennessee and LSU two or whatever the heck. That's uh, true. That's and, true. And we do that. And and but that being said, I mean, uh, you know, my, my my chief mantra in life is can't we all just get along and and let's not hurt each other's feelings and uh, uh, and and we want to include everybody on everything and everybody be happy all the time. That's that's what we're all about here on Locked On Bama. Locked On. All right, we got to go. Roll tight, everybody. Seven weeks away.